0: This is Josh Kanak, and I'm a sales agronomist in CHS Ag Services in Hazel, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing
1: solutions for your success.
0: Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy and We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman as well. The furnace is working overtime this morning. The entire region is waking up to extreme cold Sunny slope, which is on the North Dakota-Montana border, is reporting the lowest temperature at this hour at 35 degrees below zero. That's the air temp. Uh, Temps in the minus 20 degree range are commonplace this morning. Fortunately, there's very little wind There's some hopeful news with
2: warmer weather in the forecast this weekend. China is calling for a ceasefire between Russia and Ukraine. A document was released overnight seeking a settlement in the war. A dozen recommendations are part of this paper, including efforts to facilitate grain exports out of the Black Sea region.
0: Net farm income was at record high levels the past two years. That trend is not expected to continue this year.
3: No but the expectation is it will still be an above-average year.
0: USDA chief economist Seth Meyer spoke at the Ag Outlook conference and said net farm income is expected to top $150 billion this year. That would be down 23% from this past year.
3: For a producer, what's going to matter here is how do your input prices follow those output prices down. That's going to be key.
0: Fuel prices are expected to decline 15%. Cash rents forecast to drop 8%. Nearly everything else is expected to increase.
2: USDA is forecasting record agricultural trade deficit of $14.5 billion. The Agriculture Department blames the value of the U.S. dollar for the negative trade balance. Senate Agriculture Committee Ranking Member John Bozeman said this forecast is not unexpected given the Biden administration's lack of attention on trade. Bozeman emphasized the need to open new markets, expand existing markets, and demand trading partners follow the rules of trade agreements.
0: A series of meetings are scheduled between the United States and Mexico on the proposed ban on biotech corn. If Mexico doesn't change its position, the U.S. will activate the dispute settlement process through the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack made that point during the USDA Ag Outlook Conference.
3: This is not a situation that lends itself to a compromise. From our perspective, you're talking about a fundamental principle to understanding of trade, which is that you need a science-based, rules-based system. And if you begin to inject things that are not scientific or are not supported by science, it's a very slippery slope.
2: The U.S. gross domestic product rose at an annual rate of 2.7% in the fourth quarter. That's slower than the 3.2% GDP growth in the third quarter. Consumer spending at the end of the year was slower than previously expected.
0: New machinery. Uh, Still in short supply, Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more.
1: Steffes Group President Scott Steffes spoke at the International Crop Expo. While other parts of the ag industry have seen some relief from supply chain issues, Steffes says new equipment is still hard to find. That continues to hold strength for the used equipment markets.
3: Yeah, there's a reason machinery is so hard to get and, and uh, so valuable today because, frankly, there's just not a lot of it around. And, you know, our expectations of the supply chain kind of improving here just hasn't come to market yet. And boy, the outlook for right now, you know, through the end of the year, if you don't have something purchased or if you need a piece of machinery, boy, the, the, the rows to look at are really short. It's a supply-demand issue and, of course, it's utility. In addition to that, we've got all these uh, regulations from a, um, a deaf perspective, which makes a 2003-8300 tractor that doesn't have a computer in it really valuable.
1: Steffes says when you find what you need, now is the time to purchase as he doesn't see the supply of new equipment changing soon.
3: Well, at the end of the day, if you're going to be a farmer, you got to have equipment. And so then it becomes a question of what makes the most sense for my operation. And, of course, that, that answer is always different. I would tell you this, that, you know, don't fall in love with machinery. Fall in love with land. That's always the best advice I can give. But meanwhile, if you can find a piece of machinery that fits your needs and you can afford it, you pretty much have to buy it and because there's just not a lot of choices out there right now.
1: Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman.
2: Natural gas prices are at their lowest level since the 2020 COVID lockdown and are down more than 65% since mid-December. Industry analysts expect natural gas companies are dealing with surplus supplies and are expected to cut production this year. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. The U.S.
0: Chamber of Commerce and a coalition of business groups from Kentucky are suing the Biden administration over the new Waters of the United States rule. The plaintiffs claim WOTUS creates needless uncertainty and endless red tape. This follows the filing of lawsuits by 24 states and others impacted by the new rule.
2: The South Dakota Senate Agriculture and Natural Resources Committee has approved a bill requiring foreign entities to disclose any agricultural land ownership in the state. Governor Kristi Noem proposed a different approach to ban foreign ownership of farmland, but that bill was voted down in the full Senate. Soil health is an important
0: step in improving fertilizer efficiency. Helena agronomist Stephen McKetchney says a lot of biological products are being promoted to uh,
4: make fertilizer more efficient. Biologicals tend to have problems with consistency, but we are getting better as we are producing more and more and we're changing how labs work. Um, but I always caution everybody that some biologicals work and some don't quite so much. So, uh, but it's always worth trying out a couple, don't sell the whole farm to go nuts on something, but you know, try out some new things. There is a lot of good science that supports some of these biologicals. And um, you know, if you wanna go kind of a more traditional route, you can always be doing something like a, like a humic substance. It's a very well studied thing that's gonna help promote that microbial growth that's going to allow for better nutrient availability in your soils
0: there are options if the soil is not providing access to potassium and phosphate
4: you can go a foliar route Um, you can just avoid the soil antagonism altogether. Uh, it's a really good way to you know make sure you're meeting the demands the plant when the weather when your soil isn't working with you uh, and you know get something out there that the plant can uptake readily and, and really increase your efficiency overall McCatchney was a speaker at the International Crop Expo.
2: Anheuser-Busch, U.S. Director of Agronomy, Nikki zaradka says the company has a growing focus on sustainability and carbon capture with its barley growers. We
1: focus on, you know, where, where are our companies at in our evolution of sustainability to kind of regenerative ag and in our supply chain, you know, and, and what is the carbon focus now moving forward. Um, you know, so we talked a lot about, each of our uh, individual companies' kind of sustainability goals, where we're at today, and then how will we evolve now into, you know, capturing carbon, working on scope one, two, and three, and, and how do growers play a part in that? So, you know, really for me, being an Ag Director, we work with direct growers that supply us with barley, rice, and hops.
2: Carbon programs are becoming a more common practice for farmers, but there's still kinks to be worked out.
1: Our focus is really on how, how do we partner with our growers to have a reduction program in carbon, so mostly around reductions or additions to practices that are happening now. And, you know, the great part was, you know, a lot of practices are already happening. You know, there's, there's a lot of soil health, a lot of pride that goes into soil health today on the farm. You know, us being a brewer for 160 plus years and want to continue that generation um, or that that next 160 plus years for us you know we see that on the farm too a lot of growers are generational take a lot of pride in their farms and want to be able to pass it on to the next generation in, in better shape than it is today.
0: Nearly 30 lawsuits have been filed across the country claiming crop protection companies and ag retailers pay distributors to reduce competition by preventing the sale of generic ag chem products. The farmers involved in these lawsuits claim company loyalty programs drive prices higher. Syngenta and Corteva want those lawsuits dismissed, and the court is giving them until March 3rd to file additional documentation.
2: As of February 1st, over 192 million hundredweight of potatoes were in storage. That's down 3 percent from a year ago. Potato stocks totaled 12.5 million hundredweight in Minnesota, up more than 37 percent from last year. In North Dakota, stocks were up less than 1 percent from last year, totaling 13.2 million hundredweight. The Food and Drug Administration has has announced draft
0: recommendations for plant-based foods. It will continue to allow the plant-based food industry to use dairy terms such as soy milk. The National Milk Producer Federation said the FDA guidance recognizes plant-based beverages do not have the nutritional value found in dairy products.
2: However, National Milk remains upset with that labeling confusion. New partnership put into place at the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture's Winter Policy Conference that between NASDA, the USDA, National Pork Board, and the National Pork Producers Council to enhance coordination and preparedness of African swine fever, ASF hasn't currently crossed into the U.S., but uh, the coordinated prevention methods are to ensure protection of America's swine herds. This is the Red River Farm Network.
5: To celebrate youth and agriculture and agricultural education during the National FFA Week, the Red River Farm Network is highlighting the success stories of former FFA members from Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Butler Machinery Used Egg Equipment Manager Brock Saywert says he first got involved in FFA as an elementary student.
6: When I was younger, I used to go to, uh, our, our chapter did pals? It was like maybe second, third, fourth grade, something like that. So I guess that was kind of my first flavor of FFA was, was going through PALS. I would say my biggest milestone was achieving the, uh, the American, getting my American degree. Me and a couple of buddies drove down to Louisville to get our American degrees. So that was, that's by far my biggest milestone. I believe it's less than 1% of FFA members achieved the American degrees.
5: Saywert served as a North Dakota State FFA secretary from 2015 to 2016. The former Kindred FFA member credits the organization for developing his public speaking and communication skills.
6: I think every day I use skills that I learned in in FFA. I've definitely used it in my career. I was involved in the agricultural sales, CDE. What I do today is, is I work on the sales side of our business at Butler. I mean, I'm using that portion every day. I, I learned leadership skills and, and how, to, how to be a, an effective communicator through workshops and even facilitating when I was a state officer. So, so I, I put those things to use, I would say, every day in my, in my personal and my professional life. I have a lot of my success professionally today that I can attribute to my time spent in, in FFA.
5: RRFN's National FFA Week coverage is sponsored by the Minnesota Agricultural Education Leadership Council, Proceed Nutrien Egg Solutions, and the Northern Canola Growers Association. Follow RRFN's National FFA Week coverage on Twitter at @RRFN and Facebook, reporting Agriculture's Business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network.
0: Checking those markets, we've got a little red on the screen this morning. At least for wheat, we're down six and a half. For Minneapolis May wheat, eight ninety-seven and a half. July down six and three quarters. Chicago wheat for May down ten and a quarter. Hard red winter wheat, same contract down ten and a half. May corn down two and three quarter cents, six fifty six and a half. New crop corn unchanged. Soybeans, five and three quarter cents to the plus side for March at 1540. And for the new crop contract, we're down one and three quarter cents as we check in on the farm calendar of course uh, still following that usda outlook uh, conference going on today uh closer to home the university of minnesota extension has their small grain update meetings uh, there's a session this morning in benson at uh, mckinney's on the south side that's a 10 o'clock start also, as we look to the farm calendar, Land Lakes has its annual meeting on tap. That will begin Tuesday of next week, their meeting in San Antonio. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.